Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. We would like to acknowledge the Shumash, Keech, and Tongva people, the traditional custodians of the land this podcast is being recorded on, and pay our respects to their elders, past, present, and emerging. Salad or Dolly, threw a great party, we all drank Bacardi, it got kind of gnarly, we're light as a feather, we're tougher than leather, together we're weirder, we're weirder together. We're tardy, we're tardy with our ep. One day. One day and a few hours, yeah, a few hours late because I was so jet lagged yeah, yesterday. I- and we have a leak in the kitchen, which is why this part episode sounds a little different because we're sitting in our entryway. We don't have the baffles. To- we don't have the baffles. We this is this is like a this is a maverick episode. This is yeah. an outlier. Well, we're sitting um, tatami style. Is that what it's called? Ooh, wow, what a great reference. Yeah, we're sitting on the floor at my low table. Yeah, you feeling good? You feeling grand? We had a little bit of a heated conversation about politics. It's the election day. I tried Everyone's to school. Stressful. I tried to school someone on Instagram. An old friend, never good. Yeah, that has any has that ever worked out well for you? Uh no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I've lost friends. Instagram DMs are not the place to get into a political conversation. Are they? Yeah, I mean it's it's it, it, it just. It, it, it's sort of about affluent people want status quo. And I've noticed when I'm doing better in life, I sort of want status quo. Love status quo when I'm doing well. Love it. And then when you're not, you're like, <laughs> yes, take down the system. That's so true. And, and I'm yeah. going to take down the system. But in general, I'm going to take down the system. But do what we can while hopefully democracy is still going on. Good. I, I like the sentiment. We did have a correction to make from last week. It was oh, about yes. your Connie Stevens okay. story. Because I, I, I cut out an image of Connie Stevens and you were like, that's not the person. Connie Francis. Now I'm going to get confused again. It is confusing because you have Connie Fisher. Who is it? Now I'm going to be confused. I wish I had them pulled up. So Trisha Fisher and... Oh. Ben. <laughs> what? We said we were going to clarify. Yeah, but episode. I need to pull up the images. I'm so embarrassed that I don't. So you were know. telling a story last week about Connie, someone named Connie. Yes. Grabbing your chin at a party and saying, shame about the face kid. Endearing story. Yes, so, Endearing story. I was going to yes, share it. So Connie and- Stevens was married to uh, Eddie Fisher and her, I was friendly with like Trisha Fisher. And this is. Carrie Fisher's half-sister, right? Okay, yeah. She, Connie Stevens is the one that cupped my chin. And so nothing to do with Trisha Fisher. Shame. Yes, the mother of Trisha Fisher. When you just said that was Connie Fisher. Connie Stevens. That's why it's confusing. Her original name is Connie Stevens, but at one point when she was married to Eddie Fisher, she was Eddie Fisher. But because she was an actress in her own right, yeah. before Eddie Fisher, she kept her maiden name as as an actor but wait it's the same person so i searched connie stevens and you said that's not the right person no it is so who's the had, photo i you showed you had connie francis oh right you said connie francis and, and, and the, it's connie fisher St- slash stevens which are the same person yes okay. and connie francis i mean I, I i don't know it's it's not fisher but the con the so so you put connie 
Francis. Okay, but it's Connie Stevens or Connie Fisher, and whatever Connie you want to Francis call her. And Connie Francis was also kind of a big star in the 50s. And did she have a cute face? Yeah. Now, if she had grabbed your chin and said, shame about the face, kid, would the story have had the same resonance? I think so. It's, um, it's it, yes, it's sort of like an uh, iconic kind of person from the 50s who's, you know, a beauty and kind of amazing. If and- Mickey Rooney had grabbed your chin different. and said, different, but you would have liked it still? Well, it's the retro, it, whoever is from that time. But Mickey I mean, Rooney's from that time. Yeah, yeah. It would it would hold a certain appeal. But gotcha. something about a broad from the time made it extra cool. Love it. I mean, a, a man doing it, you know, it's loaded. Yeah. But if they're from that era, you know, it'd be cuter. Yeah. Speaking of broads, we went on a deep dive with uh, Julia Fox and Nikki Takesha's podcast, Forbidden Fruits, last week. We started with, so our friend Safi recommended the Caroline Calloway episode. Yes. And so I don't know if our audience knows who Caroline Calloway is. She's Well, she started, she she wanted to to do long tweets. She she sort of an invented, she's the (laughs) first, listen, okay, she was one of the first Instagram influencers and she chose Instagram. She said, it's hard to believe anything because that's part of her appeal slash hate, you know, what people hate on her for is it's hard to know what she's sort of making up and not. And, um, but she went to Instagram, um, and did these long winded sort of comments under these photos. And when, it, when she was at Oxford. When she was at yeah. Oxford. So she's this American. She's, and all her pictures, they're from what, the early 2000s or when, what's the era? Yeah, I'm not sure. About, so about she's like ago, doing, you know, grand jeté leaps in the air with flowers and living her best life at Oxford. But it looks like, I don't know, like it's, it's so not, and the stories are sort of all about living your best life and being enthusiastic at Oxford and being being an American in a romantic. Yeah. And it felt very put on and, and basic to me, Right, but people loved it. And she got all these followers and Elk, this is the part where it starts getting interesting. She had a for you only fans. No, no, no. This is, you're skipping ahead. What, what became interesting was she was at the school, but I think what really got interesting was that she didn't, it came out. She didn't write any of the content below. It was her friend. But she said, she did with her friends so okay. she had a ghostwriter of these comments had an uh, f- only fans, only fans yeah. and you know like people started getting annoyed at her like are you're taking you're a privileged girl taking away you know sex workers places whatever and she was like look i'm not that privileged actually i don't have that much money and also sex work is sex work whatever so I don't know. She so and she she became she basically became this sort of internet icon in New York, and then so she's on the podcast with Julia Fox, who people know from the Uncut Jams and um, the meme, meme where that she went said, around, yeah, being Josh Safdie's muse. But it led to us having this conversation about these types of iconic women that go back in my mind to like Sally Bowles from Isherwood writing I'm a Camera into Cabaret and Holly Go Lightly, Edie Sedgwick, yeah, into kind like of, Bijou Phillips from kind our of mess, era. Messy. Um, chaos Queens. Chaos Queens. And I am kind of all for it. it it's so interesting in any in, in the black community and w- women's community, which, you know, as I get older, I'm realizing that 
women don't have the same rights as men, which I don't know. It's taken me a long yeah, time. When did that hit you? Like really like 10 years ago, not that long ago. But how the arc of women becoming empowered. I mean, there was the like, I can bring home the bacon, fry it up in a pan. You remember that commercial? Like it was this woman who can do it all in the 70s. Like she can be sexy. She can work at home and take care of the kids and ha- maybe oh, right. have a like job. Like being a boss bitch. Boss kind of bitch thing, and, yeah. and doing it all. And it was sort of like, wait, you have to be that amazing? Or the whole sort of in- interesting thing of the black community. Do we swear? Do we not swear? Are we, you know, are you whatever? But Right. So talking about these certain types of like female hustlers as almost like a, a stage in female societal empowerment. Yeah. You know, there's all these hustlers that everyone's obsessed with now, the grifters and the people. Anna know, Delvey. And, yeah. But I think part of what we were also chatting She's about. She's not um, taking a lot of, I mean, she did, Carolyn Calloway did promise a, um, a creative workshop where she only cost $169 or something like that. And she promised a salad, a, a flower wreath and a workshop. And then she was so chaotic as it came towards the time she wrote to everyone, bring your own salad. And then she ended up just giving them like a flower. <laughs> well, she did also take a book advance and didn't deliver the book and took pre-orders for a book that she's now saying is going to take five to 10 years to write. But she's so, not like, you know, grifting too but, bad. But I think, I think for me, it's like these women, like I think back to, for me, like in our era, in the 90s, it was Bijou, right? In yeah. New York, who was like the young chaos queen, it girl. And there was this air of glamour and danger and sexiness and all this stuff around her. And I remember the first night I met her and everyone, it was at Spy Bar and Dustin Yellen t- took me and and was like, Bijou's going to be there. I was like, Bijou, I've read about Bijou. And I'd heard about Bijou actually from you and your <laughs> brother and stuff when I first met you. And I found, um, I don't know, to me, it's such a, it's a real um, New York type of iconography, like these young women who are a little bit self-invented and will do whatever it takes to get to make an impression. And it's, I mean, now it probably all happens on the internet, but it used to happen in nightclubs and yeah. at restaurants where, and on page six. Yeah. But the, uh, the dark side of it all, and I think Isherwood got this so perfectly in I'm a Camera, is that often it's connected to a certain type of decadent society that where there's a little backstory going on about the rise of fascism, which is happening again now. So I think of um, the Caroline Calloway dramatic arc that's happening in on the internet and popular culture as in some ways being connected to this rise of fascism happening in the background. It's like another version of cabaret happening over again maybe that's crazy pop psychology yeah, yeah. i mean when me. when the world is ending people want a party and all, yeah, an escape that's right an escape and then there's the other side to the rise of fascism which is what was the other side that you're talking about like the rise of fascism and the the destabilization of democracy actually scares people into hedonism right sometimes right. So it's sort of the same the same yeah thing, but guess. on the other side i think it also enables it that as people check out and just get into sensual pleasures that's when fascism can rise but then i also am checking myself in my own mind and thinking is the way I'm perceiving it actually a form of misogyny? Too? Yeah, I mean, I'm not, a, I'm not a hundred percent. This is great, this um, chaos queen, whatever you want to call it. But I'm also definitely not down on it. 
Like I do think it's intriguing. I, I don't know, and I'm I'm curious about it. It's and always sort of hot too. Like just the yeah, idea but of like, yeah, weird. Yeah. Ironically, some of these women, I feel they probably don't enjoy sex. Like my feeling, I don't know why I project that. It's probably not true. Well, there was that Lou Reed thing of where he said the people who everyone wants to have sex with often are having the least sex that all of their sexual charisma is it's there to be desired but it's not actually there to be fulfilled in a way yeah i'm sure that there's you know there's it's runs the gamut is that the right term yeah hell yeah runs the gamut baby <laughs> speaking of sex ed yeah we were just reflecting oh, yeah. on the sex ed that you ran for goldie <laughs> and a friend during the pandemic I was when there was homeschooling art and felting and different projects because I do paint and draw myself. And because the kids were in sixth grade and fifth grade, sixth grade, it so felt we, sort yeah. of like they were missing this integral part of and education. And we had a yeah. tiny, it was just a two ch student pod and I was doing art, which never went well. But the sex ed was, went a little better, except then. It was so funny. I um, really freaked out because the girl I was teaching sex ed to, Goldie's friend, her mom is like this Italian New Yorker who's sort of old school in her own way. And, and I had the girls write down questions. And you had them write anonymous questions, which is really funny because in a group of two, yeah. it's actually pretty easy to tell. And who's one was what. really jokey. I think Goldie did a lot of funny joke ones. One was like, do you need to put a condom on your dog? Right. And... um. <laughs> And why did I think I was going to get in trouble? Because I explained... You explained masturbation. Right. And then I just thought, oh, no, my, my Goldie's friend's mother was going to literally, like, punch me. You, hey, look, you were taking education into your own hands. You are the Kanye of Laurel Canyon. <laughs> you were just like, I'm going to give these kids the education that's going to get them ahead. Yeah. But she didn't... I wrote... I think I... Did, I yeah, I texted her. I, you know, I don't know what happened, but I luckily didn't get in trouble. Did you have sex ed when you were a kid? Yeah, an immaculate heart. And we used to, you know, it was the kind where you would, you know, also send questions or asking for a friend and people would try to embarrass each other. Like someone, I don't know who, maybe they have red hair. They want to know, is this normal? And you would say something. I mean, I wasn't the meanest kid, but we had our religion teacher. He wasn't a, a priest, but someone asked, are priests allowed to masturbate? And this man, Tom, we called him, was so sweet. I think he was gay and he was really sweet. And What did he say? I'm he hanging was, for the answer. He was, I, he fumbled and he was really <laughs> embarrassed. And he said, I don't even remember, but he was a lovely guy and I felt bad for him. I remember in our sex ed in year seven, uh, one of we were allowed to raise our hand, you know, and ask questions, of course. We were asking questions and one girl put her hand up and said, can urine come out when the man ejaculates? And um, the teacher said, no, it's not possible. It's uh, It blocks that, you know, whatever, blocks that avenue. But then she said something about, and it doesn't matter when he spritzes. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and, I was, and she kind of smiled when she said it. And I was like... Wow, that's cool. That's how my science teacher talks about coming. She calls it spritzing. Oh, man. That's, that's probably a Jewish school It's a thing. Yiddish term, yeah. maybe. Spritz. But wait, do, do you say urine? No, that's why <laughs> oh, I remember okay. it. I, say, I always say okay. urine, but there are people who okay. say urine. But the other thing that struck, this was one of the kids who was actually like had a boyfriend. And 
a lot of us were asking theoretical questions. She was uh, clearly she clearly needed some knowledge today. What? You know, How yeah. old were you? Mine was well, when I was seventh grade, so she was probably thirteen or something. Wow, that's she was someone was spritzing. She was probably giving handies. I don't know what? to her boyfriend. Just to, seventh grade. That's I mean I was precocious, but I was not doing that in seventh grade. I mean I wasn't either, but I thought other people were. Together we're weirder. We're weirder together. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hey, can I play you something? I want to hear your reaction to it. Yes. Okay, this is Bob Dylan giving a speech. The uh, Joker Men, uh, one of our fave podcasts, they shared this on Twitter today. This is him, his thank you for his Lifetime Achievement Grammy that he got awarded by Jack Nicholson. Okay. And I don't know what year this was, but check out this speech. The National Academy of Recording Arts and Sciences joins a worldwide network of grateful fans in presenting you this Grammy Lifetime Achievement Award. Congratulations. Thank you. Well, um, all right. Yeah. Well, my dad, he didn't leave me too much. You know, he's a very simple man, and uh, he didn't leave me a lot. But what he told me was this. He did say, son, he said, uh, He said so many things, you know. <laughs> he said, you know, it's possible to become so defiled in this world that your own mother and father will abandon you. And if that happens, God will always believe in your own ability to mend your own ways. Thank you. I want to know what comes to mind. Oh my with God. That was There's that, a lot going on was in that. Was that in his born again phase? Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm, I mean, I'm confused if he believes in God. Jack Nicholson sounds like very humble and excited to give him the award. Um, and he's doing, you know, one of his personas, I guess. He's doing his southern accent. Bob Dylan, born in Minnesota, Midwest. Right. Not, this is a totally developed character. I mean, yeah. it's pure theatricality. My daddy. It's yeah. beautiful. So he's yeah. doing a great, you know, one of, his, one of his personas, which was the, you know, like the train hopping. Yeah, and kind of like preacher, like yeah. southern evangelical kind of thing. Yeah, I thought his joke was kind of funny, but it didn't land exactly for me because I was just like hanging on. Oh, I thought the joke was amazing. Because he said, my dad, what is that? My daddy said. My daddy said to me, and there's like a long gap, and he's like, he said so many things. (laughs) So the joke is just like, I, he didn't say anything. No, no, he did. What he says is actually kind of amazing. That's kind of what I wanted to share with you. That I think if you take out. You know, God is, what is that Joseph Campbell thing? God is a metaphor for everything we don't understand. Yeah. If you take out the religiosity of it, he's essentially talking about 
humans' ability to redeem and recreate themselves, yeah. which we always have, which yeah. to me, an artist like Bob Dylan is, that's what I get from him. Like, that's the lesson of his entire career to me. And I find it so amazing that at his lifetime achievement, he's basically saying this is his chance to share one thing about the fundamentals of his career and his body of work. And he's basically saying there is always the chance to start again and recreate yourself. Yeah. I find that incredible. Yeah. And it is psychologically fascinating if I don't know what his father was like, but it's sort of interesting to think. I'll tell you one thing. I guarantee his father never said that to him. Exactly. (laughs) In my mind, someone as brilliant as Bob Dylan, you think what were the parents like? Like how much did you inherit from them? Or can you just be this sort of genius thing born in the world, even if your parents weren't like that? That's what I think about. And also, yeah, it reminds me of like when the Beastie Boys ran up to Quincy Jones and was they were like, tell us, you know, oh, Quincy Jones. And he just said, it's 99% God or something, basically about, you know, sort of being an art and these artists meaning it's 99 percent out of your control or just that it's something yeah a creative guess, spirit or something yeah something like what you're saying in a way that this god idea of god is something that's kind of what do you think that means is that the same thing i as think it's what basically like you can't make it happen it's i mean he in a way it's so interesting because these these philosophical ideas about is that the same as what dylan was sort of saying well he's sort of saying the exact opposite but it's sort of the same thing. Like what, Quincy what? Jones is saying it's 99% creative spirit, which is completely out of your control. It's going to work on its own. It's mythology being played out through the human psyche. But Bob Dylan's saying whatever that is, whatever that vibe is, always has a belief or has the capacity for its participants to restart their story. Well, it's just sort of how uh, much you can kind of be open to that. Like that's always there, but how much you can kind of let it kind of happen. Yeah, but it's mystical stuff. I, I really, I really love it. And I love that, I think the second part is like deep philosophy, essentially, like wrapped up in Christian evangelical sort of language. But the first part, the joke, is equally part of the lesson well the joke sort of sounds like a diss like it's like so like doing a long pause like my daddy used to say to me and a long pause and then saying well he said a lot of things it's either saying and none of them really meant anything to me or (laughs) i also i took the joke to mean it, it gave the impression that the speech was off the cuff when he gives the quote about the power of humans to recreate themselves and the belief in the the, the, yeah. the fact the universe supports that, that's that's clearly he intended to say that, but he begins the speech with creating an atmosphere as if, who knows what I'm going to share that my wise dad said to me. So it's just sort of it's <laughs> it's not saying anything about the dad and what the dad said. No, that, you that's know why I'm very it's funny. literal. That's why it's funny because he's saying he's saying um, I'm not going to tell you. He's saying it seems like I'm going to have a big point here, and but I'm I don't not. really. But then he does. Right. Oh, that's, that's I great. mean, that's okay, the beautiful that's thing about. Is. Okay. That's the beautiful thing about performance. When someone can slip up, when they can play the clown and then accidentally drop a complete piece of philosophical right. wisdom, yeah. that's real comedy. Right. That's like yeah. Charlie Chaplin yeah. or Buster and, Keaton or and something. And also just disarming beauty is so great. Like the way, why I love, like I do love Bukowski, even though. 
feminists would say no, but some would say yes too, because there's filth and dirt and nothingness and just mundane and heart, and then something so beautiful all of a sudden. Yeah, I was talking to Meg Washington about this. We were talking about live shows last week, and she was saying she hates watching a band play that wants to make it look like they're not caring, like they don't care at all, like they're just like so laid back. Yeah. And, they, and I was saying, well, when that's done well, like when you go see Pavement play and it really looks like they're just shrugging it off and it's genius, it's perfect. Yeah. And then I don't find it insulting at all. Sure. Um, similarly, when you see a band working hard, like The Killers or Queen or, you know, and they're clearly like going to entertain you or you too. And you're like, that's yeah. great too. Well, at the end of the day, anyone who's doing their thing well, if they're being sexy or if they're being this or that, it just sort of depends how they're doing it. Exactly. I feel like who, with a, with a band are. or an artist, as long as you get me in bed, I don't care how you seduce me. Well, yeah. Me. I mean, Bob, Bob Dylan can do... I didn't dislike that speech. I don't know that I would dislike anything. I mean, he's one of the best actors... His performances in his songs, the same like Johnny Cash, like the first song that comes up on my phone is a, a boy named Sue. A boy named Sue because it's, it's A, you know, when your phone <laughs> it's A and then B, <laughs> right? And so I've heard that now, like five, like it'll come on, and I'm almost always like, oh no, let me turn it off and put on the podcast or the song I really want to hear. And his performance. Johnny Cash it's so it's like the best acting and Bob Dylan is just yeah one of the best actors and that's how I felt about that speech I just thought the performance yeah. of that speech oh, yeah. was so and, and it was such after, a masterwork coming after yeah. Jack Nicholson is great because I feel like because Jack Nicholson I don't know if they were they must have been friends because he presented I feel like Dylan was sort of savoring and enjoying this like here is this great actor and then I'm coming up after him and he was like in the moment of like and then it just came out of him to do that character. Should we listen to a question? Yeah. Ben and Ioni, I just have a question for you in regards to uh, success and creativity. And as the both of you have been successful in your own rights and have been in your industries for most of your lives now, um, do you find it still difficult to um, navigate your way through um meeting authentic people or being around authentic people and um, in various stages of your lives? How have you um, dealt with your bullshit meter going off and have you ever come across a time for the both of you where one of you has been all right for someone and thought this person's great, they're authentic, we should totally let them into our realm and the other partner has said, no, I think there's something off about this person. So how do you guys deal with it? I want more lackeys. I want more people who are hanging out with us because we're famous. <laughs> um, I think the, the interesting thing about this question is it it's understandable, but it also, there's a cynicism built into the question, assuming that somebody wanting to connect with you because of your work or artistry or vibe a is a bad thing. thing. Right, sure. I and know. I mean, celebrities love celebrity or whatever it is. But what you're saying is beautiful. It's like, why Why is that a bad thing to be around someone you admire? Well, like, and we're not the type of people who like, it's not like by becoming friends with us, you're instantly going to get like a show greenlit at HBO or some kind of like, we don't have that much power. So I look at... People that want to be friends. It's a good friends, question, by the way. I it is a good to... question, yeah. But I think if people that want to be friends with us, I see that as like um, 
<laughs> a good character quality. Well, also, I remember when I was trying, I was really meeting a lot of people. And when I was thinking about, or, you know, I go in and out of pitching ideas and shows and someone I admired who's sort of a tycoon lady in the business was like, look for your allies. And to me, allies are that kind of thing, like people that you creatively like. But to the questions point, you want people who you feel good about. Like, I think I used to avoid sort of uh, famous people or something because I thought like the way that you assume a pretty person is mean like I sort of thought oh they're so famous that they're going to be s sort of square or not warm and mean and now it's it's like as 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 my life has gone on there are people who who do well and can achieve things and I would want to work with that also I feel good about you know when I think of kind of calling someone about a project or whatever I think I feel like do I feel good about this call and it and it's not just uh because they don't do well and I don't feel intimidated it's often it, that sort of is kind of out of the picture now absolutely and and I think we are people that I mean I'm very much I'll speak for myself I'm very much someone that likes making new friends yeah so for sure we've had people in the 15 years or whatever it is that we've been together we've had moments of like not being totally aligned on who each other's friends sure. or something like, but but it generally it all comes Mostly, out in the wash. Yeah. You and know? it's, it's fun like, being in a partner thing, you know, having a friend or a partner that you can, uh, you know, dish with, like you know, and and find out. Do yeah, it I doesn't have, feel it doesn't feel like gossip if it's just between two people. In yeah, a it's like that song from Company. Is that that one about <laughs> the little things you do together? Yeah, like you get to yeah. gossip together. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think sometimes you know you'll you'll help me decide it. Do I just have an issue? And is this person actually coming? Am I being paranoid? Or yeah, you're more inclined towards paranoia. I I can be a bit like, I don't know what I get a little blinded by. I don't know. Like there's certain people that end up being a bit uh, maybe draining for yeah. me that like I, I get red flags about in the beginning, but I still see it through. But I sort of feel like that's part of being I, an I, interdependent I'm, I'm, world. Yeah, I'm kind of harsh. I'm, I'm sort of like always auditioning people the minute they walk in the door. <laughs> like, are you going to, you know, pass the test? I'm always auditioning for people. And that's why it works between us. <laughs> so I uh, have a new video that just came out today for my song, Slow Down. Yeah. That I'm going to put a link in the show notes because our friend Shamir directed it. And it stars me and Goldie. And it's very, very cute. And people can watch that. And I'm announcing shows. There's a show coming up on January 17th in LA at Moroccan Lounge and January 19th at Berlin in New York. And they're both, uh, it's basically this festival show that I've created for Australia. I'm going to do it in these tiny clubs in LA and New York. So it's going to be really, really Such fun. Such a party. Yeah. If you've seen any of the stuff on socials with my giant dice and big shiny cape and everything, it's, it's yeah, a real, it it's a it's rock so show. It's so fun. <laughs> it goes by, like the one you did in Sydney, I was like, oh, I have to stand because I'm so lazy. And it went by like, the fast, like it was so, it was so, and so fun, such a party that it was over before I thought I need a chair. Or as Morrissey said, it was over before we began. Was that the lyric? Yeah. Anyway, uh, we ignore that. Wait, from what song? <laughs> I don't know. I think it's a song. It's something from Vauxhall and I. But so yeah, those shows are going to go on sale on Friday. I'll put links to that too. If you want to send a question, send a voice note 
to us at weirdertogetherpod at gmail.com. Oh, and... Why don't you g- send in your Morrissey um, impersonations? And That'd we'll be great. We could the, have a whole section. We'll play the best one. But we are going to start doing a bonus episode each week because yeah. we've got these. We, you know, we've got these other pods that we're producing on our network, and once a week, I think on Fridays, put out an episode with a little clip, a highlight from something that's happening on the Weirder Together podcast network, and us having a little chat about it. Uh, so I'm going to, let's end the episode with Slow Down. This is the song you can check the video out of now. And, uh, any final thoughts from you, my love? Beautiful babies. Trying to do a Dylan impression. (laughs) Goodbye, my beautiful babies. Goodbye, beautiful babies. That's, that's like Yogi Bear. First kiss me one night as we walked home Under the gum trees we talked about Bukowski and how it all died alone The whole world blurred but my hand up her shirt I didn't know But I had to find out As she pulled away I could hear her say A real man knows how to slow down
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.